You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. podcast listeners so good to be with you my name is oliver wong and to my left is chris armfield and every every wednesday it's we know what time it is at wednesday at one o'clock after lunch we come in here i look forward to chris i genuinely look forward to hanging oh, out man i'm still in doing the podcasts of my, every wednesday yeah right i'm in my post lunch stretch oh you're that's a little, what i was stretching sorry sorry podcast listeners but you got me in my squeal like hello everybody so I yeah feel good we spent a time uh, downtown Greenville, which we love our city, and I know you do too. We hung out mm. methodical. Yeah, that was a nice time. Big shout out to Will Shirts and family. Yeah, and we, peeps. We love him and Haley, who's a barista there that mm-hmm. I know. I just told her she's a new aunt, and I said you got to be cool. There's a T-shirt out there somewhere that says my aunt works at methodical. It's about the coolest thing. Oh. I think you could do is work at methodical. That'd be cool. We but, had a very interesting discussion at lunch that I believe is worth taking the podcast listeners into that conversation for yeah. at least 90 seconds. Bring them in. Well, uh, you ordered a cookie, and we went to Soli Steamers, which is a real hot spot for us. We love it. Right. And you decided to trade in chips and go with a chocolate chip cookie with your Soli Steamer. Huge upgrade. Yeah, well, and that inspired Huge. me. I kept my chips and added a cookie. And what was interesting, when you and I both sat down to eat when we were waiting for our Soli Steamer, which takes five to seven minutes, they say, and it did, um, you and I both unwrapped our cookie and we're eating it first, right? Which got us into a very significant heated. conversation. In Not a good he- way. heated for us, but it only served it only served us well together. I'm, I've never regretted ordering a cookie. Two choices that I'm just equipping to take a next step is uh-huh. ordering a cookie in place of chips. Okay, maybe even I don't know healthier, maybe, and and Probably it tastes not. way better. And there's two principles is like, if it's sweet, then why not? Maybe. And right. if it's number two, it's probably not biblical. And number two is, is, <laughs> is save the, the best for first because yeah. I'm like, my taste buds right. are awake. It's like Jesus yeah. is wine. When he multiplies it, how can you serve the best wine last? So that was something that happened for us podcast listeners at lunch today. Oliver and yeah. I both found ourselves in complete agreement without trying that we both ate our dessert first. Good choice. And my argument was my palate is clean and ready to go. And I just deliciously delighted in my chocolate chip cookie. Um, which was amazing. No regrets on, so on my part. Our recommendation is eat dessert first. Try it. Uh, if you go, I'm going to ruin your appetite. Oliver and I had plenty of room left to eat all of our food and then some. So we had no problem. We didn't waste our appetite. It was delicious. Yeah. This uh, equipping podcast, uh, if this is your first time listening, so glad to have you. It exists for us to do one thing is to take our next step to exalt Jesus and extend his kingdom right where we are. Yep. We just prayed even before we start, like we always do, that the Holy Spirit is literally going to fill the gap between the airwaves and the podcast technology, all the stuff I don't even know about, and and really meet us and walk alongside us to help us take our next step, because it's a daily abiding and a daily process. Uh, sanctification and our, our walk takes time, mm-hmm. and it takes steps. Uh, it's not done in a day, and so we just hope that we are taking our next step today, and that's what this podcast exists to do. I love it. You know, our topic today is going to be vulnerability. Right. And it's interesting. I know this sounds a little bit silly, but uh, I went. we went back to Soli Seamers to pick up food for Timothy. And uh, Timothy, is our, he helps produce all these podcasts. And so we were bringing him shout some out. food back. Yep, shout out to Timothy. And uh, 
I went back in there. I said, uh, Oliver, I'm thinking about getting another cookie, buddy. What do you think? And you said, no, go. Don't do it. <laughs> and I think it's a great transition for vulnerability because what I really wanted from Oliver, I wanted affirmation. I didn't really want you to speak into my cookie choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's. I think that that just brings us into our topic, what yep. vulnerability is, what it isn't, how it works, because uh, this is actually a really important topic that you might not realize has a lot of layers to it. And so today we're going to be talking all about vulnerability. Why don't you bring us in? Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about where we're going. I believe that vulnerability just means simply our heart walls are down in the way that we communicate and present ourselves. Vulnerability means that I am being honest. I'm being authentic. Um, in Webster's Dictionary, it says there's a quality or state of being exposed. Hmm. The possibility of maybe even being attacked, harmed, either physically or emotionally. That there's, mm. there's a risk involved. Um, I'm laying down control. I'm laying down my walls, my defenses. And in community and conversation, um, and even with myself and with the Lord, I am being authentic and transparent for where I am. And that's really what vulnerability um, means. And we're just going to talk about that because as you hmm. alluded to before, there's definitely different brands of vulnerability. And we want to consult the Bible first right. uh, rather than we just want to consult a word or a cultural buzzword. Vulnerability is, is something that the world can celebrate, but the we want to let Jesus have the final word about what is it. Well, what was funny to me is I thought I was being vulnerable when I asked about, you know, I don't need permission from Oliver to get a cookie, but I made my, my life open to him. We're great friends. And I just said, what do you think about me getting a cookie? I didn't think he was going to say, don't get one. I thought he was going to say, I affirm your decision. It's a great one. And that's a perfect example of what vulnerability isn't. Because when you read that definition right now, I did expose myself to the possibility but of being you know, attacked, harmed, physically, emotionally, but being challenged, basically, or, or having something a different outcome. I only wanted the outcome of affirmation. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I know we're out of order right now, but on, as we launch, mm -hmm. uh, vulnerability if it's not um, available for change and tweak and transformation, really, mm -hmm. then it's not real vulnerability. It can hurt more than help. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, uh, that's just a freebie right there, meaning, like, we weren't supposed to get there that fast, but that's something that really happened on our way to podcast, and I thought it was hilarious. So mm -hmm. let me read this passage, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really important, because you mentioned how the Scripture needs to be our definition. When we, yeah. you know, we have topics, but every week, podcast listener, if you're just joining with us, uh, you know, we're a church, City Lights, we do this equipping podcast, and... And the scriptures are really, they're our foundation. And so yes. we, we're always looking for the truth to trust in a, an economy of the world that is ever changing and ever saying what's best for you is what's best for you, mm -hmm. uh, up to you. So the Bible has never failed me. I know yeah. it's never failed you. It's always been a reliable source. Yeah. So um, here's what Jesus ends up saying to Paul. He says, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul goes on to say, well, then I'm going to boast, which means I'm going to find my confidence. I'm going to find who I am all the more gladly in my weaknesses. Like I'm okay with being weak. Yeah. Uh, so that the power of Christ would be resting upon me or displayed or be my strength for the sake of Christ. Then I'm content with weaknesses, not passivity, but going like, I'm, okay, I'm not going to hide it with weakness, with insult, with hardship, with persecution and calamities. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong because God's grace is sufficient. You know, it's interesting as I read that, Paul's description almost sounds like the Webster's definition. Because yeah. the Webster's definition said, if you're if you have a quality or state of being that's exposed to be attacked, harmed, or, you know, it, you're vulnerable, you're open. Paul says, I'd rather be open and show weakness that Christ could be trusted with those weaknesses rather than put up a boundary and protect that which is actually weak inside of me. Mm -hmm. Every week, every other week, rather, we get to engage in something called huddles through city group leadership here at church. If you're a part of city 
lights, um, you might know about city groups. And those leaders uh, check in, and we just do conversation discussion. And this week, we talked about the topic, vulnerability. And one of the quotes that came out of that, one of our city group leaders, Andre Greiner, um, talked about vulnerability. And he said, I really sense in our group, in my experience, that vulnerability is the only doorway to true freedom. Mm. And it really stuck with me, because mm. I think, you know, it's one thing to say vulnerability is a way, but to say it's the only way. If It's like, okay, I'm looking for freedom. I'm looking for joy. I'm looking for peace. Uh, inside a community, and, and for somebody to say, and I, tr- you know, Andre's a, a friend, a trusted friend of this house, and of for me personally, and it made me think, and uh, and I've found it to be true in my life. I really do find resonance. Vulnerability is the doorway to freedom. Brene Brown is another author um, who happens to be a believer as well, but she is somewhat of an authority on the topic through TED Talk. It's one of the most, if not the most, watched TED Talk of all time. And one of the quotes that she says on the topic of vulnerability is that vulnerability is the birthplace of not only freedom but love belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It is the source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. If we want greater clarity in the purpose or deeper, more meaningful spiritual lives, then vulnerability is the path. Now, again, that's not scripture, and you know neither is Andre's quote, but it does find resonance with me in the verse, Chris, that you read earlier, mm-hmm. is that it is, uh, when we talk about becoming who, we, who we're designed to be, and you talk on Sunday about becoming the David inside of the block of sculpture that Michelangelo right. is the master to create the masterpiece, then one of the instruments, one of the tools that he uses to chisel away um, at, at our life, I really do believe through the scriptures and, and also through community and friendship, is vulnerability. It's one of the things that we can't bypass, we can't circumvent, we can't skip. It's just a part of the process that in order to really engage his strength, I need to go through the doorway of weakness. Well, what's really captivating to me with what you just said uh, is that the David and Michelangelo picture continues to serve us well because when Michelangelo looked at the block of marble, David was not there, and he saw a vulnerable block of marble that he could work with. Right. Pull, he literally right. said, I'm going to remove everything from there. But what the reason I mention that, so that that's a picture of vulnerability. What isn't a picture of vulnerability are the artists that were, over 25 years, they tried to commission artists to finish uh, David. Super interesting. And they wouldn't. And one of the reasons, if, if you're an artist, you'll understand this, but the block of marble had styrations, uh, like the, the makeup of it was so difficult that if you chipped one part away, potentially the whole thing could fall apart. Mm. And so people wouldn't even touch it because they said, that's not going to play well. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we're the block of marble that says, leave me be, leave me be, affirm what I look like. I, you right. know, just I just want a cookie. Tell me it's good. Tell me it's okay. Right. And I think we get caught in these traps where we tell people things are okay because we'd like the option to eat a cookie later. Or, uh, or you know, like we, we just, there's a lot of traps out there, you know, but yeah. the, as far as vulnerability yeah. goes... Um, when you talk about Andre or Benet Brown, I think it's interesting because you can't find freedom alone because we're blind to what's going on in us. Sure. So the <clears throat> vulnerability being the, the doorway to freedom is such that you're giving somebody access to help you see what you can't see. Yep. And uh, David couldn't see himself in that block. Michelangelo could. The vulnerability was seen through the master's hands, and he was able to remove it. And, and then you have a masterpiece that comes out of it. Yeah, the myth today that we want to consult in the world, uh, both in the church and outside the church, is that vulnerability is uh, the goal, the goal of a city group, the goal of relationship, that, that I've reached the, the epitome and the, the epitome and the pinnacle of our relationship or mm-hmm. my relationship with Kyra 
just at the place of vulnerability, that I'm truly being me, I'm me. You know, those statement like, you be you, I'll be me. You I know, will explain that a little that, bit because that, that vulnerability myth. is the goal. Sounds really good. And, yeah. and I mean that. I'm not just playing with you right now. That sounds good. And frankly, I, I see in churches, I'm not talking about City Lights or yeah. anybody, you know, if you're coming to the church, like, hey, I think I said that to Chris last week. That's, I'm not talking, I'm not thinking about anybody right now. I'm thinking about a cultural, just a, across the board, Oliver, um, just vulnerability is the goal. I want to be, I want to be vulnerable. That sounds like a great goal. Why yeah. are you saying vulnerability is the goal is a myth? Why? We've all been in those contexts before with ourselves and with our people that we love. And there's a moment when the walls break down as we discussed and we share and we open up and we finally let people know what's going on inside. We present ourselves not as we should be, but just as we are. And there's a beautiful, okay. peaceful, wonderful feeling of acceptance and almost a euphoria of belonging that is a significant, I believe, as we talk about belonging as the place for belief, is a significant step, Mm -hmm. but not the destination. In other words, a vehicle without the destination, and vehicles need to take us somewhere. We Mm. need to keep our eye on the ball. The reason why we exist in church and community, the church exists to equip. We need to, the the fruit of church, the fruit of our getting together is Christ-likeness. So our vulnerability is not the goal. Transformation is the goal. Vulnerability oh, is just uh, a powerful yeah. weapon and a vehicle to get there. And so, so I want to talk about that today. Yeah, so that's, uh, it's my cookie. Yeah. I wasn't looking for you to transform my thought about cookie. I wanted you to affirm my cookie. So right. you're saying vulnerability was my goal, but n- that's not what vulnerability is. Vulnerability gives me the opportunity to take in information um, but I wasn't willing to be transformed. Obviously, I was. I didn't get the cookie, by the way. Sure. So, I mean, you, you've mentioned it's speaking without listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's look but don't touch kind of mentality. It's right. In our culture, we have a our equipping environment, and really all of our environments is we find support for one another to hear, but it's incomplete without stirring. Like you said, vulnerability is a vehicle. Uh, Brene Brown said vulnerability is a path, so she's mm-hmm. saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And Oliver's saying vulnerability is a doorway. Mm-hmm. So I guess, could we say vulnerability, the truth that we're getting to is vulnerability is a vehicle, and the vehicle brings us, like you said, to transformation, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've all been in great, deep, stirring conversations one-on-one or, or with groups, and we felt that euphoric feeling of acceptance and peace, and then... After that, there is a truth or a stirring word that we receive and we feel the tension in that. We feel mm. the, maybe sometimes it's like you could hear nine or 10 great things about yourself, but that one thing that you hear that's feedback is really hard to deal with. And I believe that's hidden in that feedback. Sometimes from people that present it in really hard and unhumble ways, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. it's people that are mm. giving you feedback that need the feedback themselves. Mm. I feel like hidden in that, Chris, more and more I think about this, is that hidden in that is the question, are you humble enough to receive the gold within the midst of some of the, 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 the unrefined, mm. unpolished pieces of that word or, mm. or that correction or that rebuke. And there's just a question. Are you humble enough to receive the stirring in the midst of support? Because I'll tell you that it's, mm. it's really mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and fun to hear somebody, hey, eat that cookie. It's hard to hear somebody say, listen, that's not what you're called to do or that's not the best thing for you because right. I love you. I'm going to offer that to you. Well, so podcast listener, obviously you can't interact with me right now, but I'm just curious, is vulnerability a good word or bad word to you? Mm-hmm. Is it a safe word or is it a threatening word? And if so, um, you know, if it's, if it's on the negative side of those or the protective side, I'm just curious why. I remember, Oliver, when we were younger, um, we didn't grow up together, but when we were younger men, mm-hmm. uh, vulnerability was scary because people were fearful of judgment. 
Right. And I think people are still fear of judgment, I think. But in our culture, almost anything's accepted now. <laughs> right. You know, so like vulnerability, you don't have to be fearful of judgment. Um, but I do think people are fearful of correction. Right. And I, I think there's a difference between judgment and correction. Judgment is I'm going to tell somebody about your vulnerability. Correction is I want to talk to you about what you just shared with me. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't know, podcast listener, I'd just be curious to give you that challenge. Not to necessarily hear your thoughts, although I'd love to hear them if we had a, a, um, a medium for that. But you know, I want you to think about vulnerability because we, we need to turn the corner now and talk about mm-hmm. the, the truth to trust. Yep. But I do want you to I want you to embrace the truth to trust. But I also want you to uncover some of the vulnerability potential myths yeah. that because uh, I you know I've known plenty of churches mm-hmm. where they're a goal is vulnerability. Sure. And it really just becomes a support group. And people feel good, but they never move. And I see them five years from now, and they're the exact same person. Right. And so it's not like I'm all about like progression, 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 but we're to be like Christ, and the reality is that he's given us everything to grow in maturity to be more like him, which is not, th- I'm not talking about moral perfection. I'm talking about more loving, more kind, more generous. Yes. Without trying to be, we just more dependent on God, and God-like stuff comes out. That's a good, good thing. Right. So, I mean, I, let's go ahead and define it. Oliver, why don't you just bring us in the truth to trust uh, in light of the myth. What, what do we got? If vulnerability is not the goal, if it's only a vehicle or a pathway, the goal and the aim uh, is transformation. That's scripturally, mm-hmm. if you search the scriptures, why the church exists, why are we here together, why do we gather, why do we talk, why do we share, yeah. is that so we might sharpen each other to look more like Christ. Mm. And really that is, we've talked about it before through the sending value, is the question, if our relationship is healthy, then your marriage, Jerusha should know right, that, or right. that your neighbor should know that. And if you've said it several times on a yeah. more corporate level, if City Lights didn't meet or didn't exist, mm-hmm. would anybody notice outside of City Lights? Mm. And that needs to be a very mm. uh, important mile marker and, and measuring stick, so to, so to speak, of the health of any given relationship. Mm. So does vulnerability belong? Absolutely. But the but transformation always needs to remain the goal. And so the scripture that we've we've found this in. Yeah, when when you told me that vulnerability was going to be our discussion, I, I was trying to think biblically, not as a proof text, but as a foundation. And I just went to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It just seemed to be so clear to me. Let me read it. Verse 1. Uh, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which means, uh, podcast listener, it just means you're alive. And when you give active service or active vulnerability to the Lord, um, that's what it's saying. So be actively vulnerable to the Lord, but it gets even more clear. Uh, when you do this, you are seen as holy and acceptable to God. And this is your spiritual worship, meaning being vulnerable with God. And in my, like a Chris Armfield version, I don't like saying that, but a real layman's terms, plain terms. And when you're presenting your body and your life vulnerably to God, he sees it as holy and acceptable. And this is a normal relationship. Verse two says, and don't be conformed to this world, meaning don't just go talk to people who are going to agree with you, but be transformed by the, by the renewing of your mind. And uh, by the renewing of your mind, you're going to be able to test and discern what is the will of God, <laughs> what's mm-hmm. good and and perfect. So let me sum this up. What he's saying is present yourselves to God and he accepts you. And when you do this, there is a lack of conformity to the world that happens and a transformation that happens in your mind. You said transformation is the goal. This passage to me says presentation to God, which mm-hmm. is vulnerability, leads to transformation. Right. You defined it earlier. Brene Brown did, and, and, and Andre, and we did too. Presentation is opening yourself up to change. You know, mm-hmm. think about it as artwork. It's mm-hmm. a canvas being willing to receive not just correction. Sometimes the word correct is a scary one, but 
Uh, but reformation and change and growth, presentation leads to transformation. That, uh, to me, that's the truth to trust is that I can present myself to God and he's going to want to transform me into his likeness. Mm-hmm. So as we get into kind of the practical sides of this, uh, the presentation that leads to transformation. When we say presentation, really, let's let's just clarify what we're talking about with vulnerability. We're mm-hmm. just talking about the opportunity to tell our story. I would love to use that lens, the opportunity to tell your story. Anytime That's somebody good. says, hey, how's your day going? Hey, how's your marriage? Hey, how does this scripture affect you? Hey, how are you in the area of purity mm-hmm. with regard to um, you know sexual purity on the internet or whatever else may have you for, yeah. for guys? Is, is just an opportunity to tell your story Honestly, a lot of times I think one of the myths for, for vulnerability is just like, hey, you don't share enough bad stuff about yourself. Well, it's like, that's not the point. The point right. isn't to share bad stuff about yourself. The, the point is to be honest and authentic about mm-hmm. everything in your life yeah. and be be transparent you know, about the victories and about the losses, right, the strengths me, and the weaknesses. Let me ask a question right there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what your answer is going to be, so I hope it's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So this is raw and real. Right. Are you vulnerable like you just described, open and honest with every detail with everyone you meet? Yeah, see, that's a great point. No, and I want to I tell you this. I, I thought about it this way in the quipping sense, guys, is that I do feel we're accountable with all of our actions. I don't feel that we're accountable with all of our heart or all of our mind to everybody that is all around people. us. Yeah, okay. we're called to love and not to... Any good counselor will tell you, we don't need to trust everyone. Um, if somebody were to you know, sexually abuse somebody in my family or one of my kids, I don't sure. need to trust them. No, I right. should love them, but I can set up firm, loving boundaries. We talked about before on podcasts before. So there's a wisdom there of deciding... You know who and to whom am I vulnerable? A lot of times with a vulnerable culture, that's another byproduct of making it the goal. Is that everywhere I go, I'm sharing all this horrible <laughs> stuff about me, and or in an unbalanced way, sharing the dirt versus the glory and what he's done inside of me in terms of wins, mm. and all of that. To me, it's it's use it's taking a good thing like vulnerability and it's putting it as the goal where it doesn't belong. And that's uh, the impact yeah. That's, I'm really glad you answered it that way, by the way, in podcast listener. That's, I'm not saying I was leading you, but I was just curious. That's a great question. You and I haven't talked yeah. about it. But I've, I've heard it said like this. You don't have to tell everyone everything, but there has to be a someone or someones that do hear it all. That's good. And yeah. so I, for me, it's my wife. Um, you, Oliver, mm-hmm. happen to be one of those. And mm-hmm. I have a couple more. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I don't value other people, uh, but... You know, my wife always says, people, you can connect great with people and hit it off with them, but you can't fake history. Time gives history so and you can see what they do with information and how they're going to love you. And so all I'm saying, my challenge to you, and I mean this as I kind of lean across your dashboard or get into your earbuds, whatever you're doing, how, I don't know how you, you guys listen to this, but um, it's not okay just to be vulnerable with everybody because I bet there's some sort of pseudo-fakeness that's happening because not everyone's going to lean across and say, can I talk to you about that? So I would just say, who are the trusted people in your lives? Um, if you're young, I would encourage you to find someone older and has been walking with God who's been right. faithful and good reputation, potentially a pastor, a leader, maybe a city group leader, just someone like that. Uh, and if you are older, find a healthy peer who's been walking with the Lord, or maybe there's someone older than you. Someone that, when I say older, I'm just saying someone who's been walking faithfully and has proven uh, has a proven track record. But I would love if you know one of the application points today for people is I'm going to really pray and think through who I'm going to actually 
do this with, where I'm going to actually present myself and yeah. say, who? I'm trusting that not only do you have good counsel, but you're, you're also someone who walks with God. You're going to be representing God to me as well. And that's, that's important, at least in my narrative. Yep. I don't have anyone in my life that I'm vulnerable to who isn't also walking with God and in many ways walking with God in the way that, that I understand his kingdom. It doesn't have yep. to be matched me perfectly, but we have very similar worldview about God and his kingdom. Yeah, so that brings us perfectly into the application side, Chris, because you're basically saying not only what do we share in vulnerability or how, but it's also to whom do we share Absol- it with. Absolutely. And that's, that really gives us a lens for the whole rest of this time together. But the question that we're going to talk about for application is how do you get transformed through vulnerability? How do you mm-hmm. make sure that vulnerability is a vehicle that doesn't, give you, doesn't keep you where you are, doesn't get you stuck, but gets you stirred mm-hmm. to get to the end goal, which is to look more like Christ, to have the yeah. David kind of sculpted by you know, Michelangelo, in this case, Jesus. Well, I, t- I mentioned last week that uh, Ruth Graham, on her tombstone, she put um, construction complete, thank you for your patience. And what she would always say in life when someone would, she made herself vulnerable to people and some of those wounded them. Listen, I, I maybe we need to say, yeah. I have been vulnerable <clears throat> yeah. thinking it was the It'll right people. You. It can bite Oh, you. I mean, there's yeah. been point, I, just confession, in the last couple of years, uh, I mean, this is the first time I've ever said this publicly, but there's been points where I've really started to reconsider being in full-time ministry because our family has been so hurt with those we are vulnerable sure. with. So I'm not saying that it's safe all the time, um, and I'm trying to be wiser about that. But one of the things that Ruth Graham said is that uh, when people would be critical with her that were kind or people who were mean, she would just say, well, I'm a work in progress. You know, mm-hmm. The work is still ongoing. And I think that's part of it. When we tell our story, it's important for you and me to remember we're presenting an unfinished product to people. Mm-hmm. So when you go talk to somebody and you're vulnerable, you need to remember that. And maybe you want to remind them of that too, that, mm-hmm. hey, as I ask this question, I'm thinking out loud, or this is something I did. Uh, do you see holes in this? What if we actually presented ourselves to people as an unfinished product? Then we wouldn't be so defensive, you mm-hmm. know, and like, hey, how dare you say that about me? Because if someone speaks into something about your life, when you feel like it's complete, it hurts. Yep. But if you're a work in progress... There, it's rare that their content is going to hurt. It should help. Yeah. What I hear you saying is that um, when we share in vulnerability, we're actually sharing a story, not a fixed point on a map. Right. And that means that there's a beginning and an end of a story and that we're somewhere along the line and we're in process. And that really just gives us a context and a lightheartedness in being able to share vulnerably that puts Jesus as the hero puts me as the sculpture mm-hmm. and just me offering my materials as best that I can. Um, and so I'm a work in progress. The, yeah. the second thing that um, I would love to talk about for application side um, is not only a show culture, but, you know, I talked about before, like show and don't tell or show and don't touch is that when I reveal my story, my heart, my, my problems, my hurts, um, do you have people in your life that you're allowing to help speak in, to help mm-hmm. you hear the voice of God better. Because here's, I think, another kind of misfire or misbrand for uh, vulnerability is I say vulnerability is me coming to you and telling you where I'm at, where my story is, and then solving the problem on my own and closing the door without bef- and getting mm-hmm. out before I allow you to really maybe help me see a blind spot that I have. Mm-hmm. It's not just sharing. It's not the question, are you sharing honestly and transparently? It's the question is, when you're sharing transparently, if transformation is the goal, are you ready to listen to somebody help you take your next step? Mm. And that's a big difference there. So are you able to allow, are you able to hear from others? Um, and one thing that I want to put in here is just kind of an asterisk point is that as we hear from others and as we do lower our walls to hear and allow us people to speak in, is do we also have a, have a good lens and an understanding that nobody's going to fully give you the, the monopolized, 
full picture of what God wants to say. Nobody's going to completely um, uh, represent what God wants to say. Uh, and nobody is going to completely be off base about what they're going to say. Are you looking for honesty in every person that, that's talking to you? Mm-hmm. So just to clarify that, I'll give you an example. is like if I share with you, you're a trusted confidant of mine, for sure, as you mentioned before, um, and you have a lot of wisdom for me. But the reality is, and I think you would agree to this, is that ultimately you're not Jesus. Jesus right. is Jesus. Right. And there's going to be pieces that I'm going to need to take to him and mm-hmm. ask him about it and let him have the final word. Yeah. Secondly, you know, if somebody does come to me with a, with a complaint or sees a blind spot in me that maybe isn't in my inner circle, am I humble enough mm-hmm. to take the wisdom and take some of the 10% truth maybe, even if it's given to me in a you know, offensive way and find the gold in that to mm-hmm. allow me to take my next step. Because again, transformation is the goal, right? Not just vulnerability, not just connection. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting when you mentioned some of those things, because we do believe the scriptures are absolute. They have absolutes in them. Sin is sin. And so I don't want you to hear what Oliver just said and think, oh, well, um, nobody's the absolute authority. And so like, if, if someone was to come and say, hey, you're you're having a sexual affair or an emotional right. affair. Yeah, yeah. So I, just to, to clarify, clarify, I know you don't think that, Oliver. Yeah. But in that regard, that brings me into the, our last point is that ultimately we're going to stand before God. And this is not me being judgy or warning, but ultimately we it's good. It's it's For me, it's a non-negotiable. I, ha, I am accountable in a sense of I owe it to you and others in my life to be pre- presented to you yeah. so that I don't <laughs> hurt other people and myself and I can be a good representation of God. But ultimately, you know, we're responding to God. And I think when we're hearing from others, the best counsel I can ever give anybody, you know, if you've been discipled by me or I counsel you or advise you or led you, I'm going to say, here's what I believe God says. Here's what I believe it means. I'm going to give you these tools. And I believe you need to go and talk to the Holy Spirit about it. And I'm, I'm not trying to get out of responsibility, but I'm just saying ultimately responsibility it's on you. Right. What are you going to do with the information? I like how you keep saying, you know, are you going to be humble enough to receive it? You can receive it from a wise person or a fool information. What are you going to do with that? Because mm-hmm. the right information will lead to transformation. Yeah. Jesus' teaching, when he presented himself and presented information, it led to transformation. Yeah. The, the, the value or whatever you want to call vulnerability, this topic, this, um, this virtue of vulnerability, if you will, is meant to transform us. Yeah. And uh, if you don't like change, you're like, I like the way things are, that's not necessarily always a healthy thing. We're not talking about trying to make radical change for the sake of change. We're just saying God is making us more and more into the likeness. It's the series we're in at City Lights right now, Becoming Who We Are. Yeah. So uh, podcast listener, I mean, th- that's our topic today, vulnerability. Listen, uh, we'd love to hear some feedback from you uh, as we're kind of closing up right now. So you can always go to the Instagram page for City Lights. You can go to the Facebook page. We love feedback now that we're on iTunes officially. We'd love feedback on there. In fact, if you rate us on there, hopefully a five, and give some feedback, that'll actually help get our podcast recommended globally. So we would love for you to do that. And how about for a fun thing? I mean, we'd love helpful feedback and questions and things you want to hear about, but do you eat dessert first? Yeah. If you do, question. I let know. us know. And if you don't, and you're like, you can't do that, and you're still up in arms about it, write us on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know. When you post the podcast or share it, share that as a fun comment. We'll find it. We'll see it. Uh, Oliver, why don't you close out uh, today? Yep. So it's good to be with you. And uh, maybe just a, a, a closing question is, um, where are you in the journey of vulnerability? As you share your story with others, mm-hmm. um, have you allowed vulnerability to be the goal? Or... Uh, 
Uh, or are you fixed on Christ, fixed on the transformation of becoming who you've been created to be, yeah. and seeing vulnerability as a, as a doorway and as a powerful tool to take your next step in Christ towards that? We bless you mm-hmm. um, and just send you yeah. to take your next step in Christ along with us. Love you. Blessings. Uh, adios. Adios is right. Woo. How do you say adios in like Chinese? Zaijian. Zaijian. Yeah. Bye.